Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning that there may be spoilers for anything that we talk about on this podcast, but we'll do our best to let you know they're coming. This episode, we've got a review of the new adaptation of the Raul Dahl classic, The Witches, and the animated film Over the Moon about a young woman desperate to get the fuck off this planet. Because who can't relate? All right. As always, there is a plea to rate and review us. You can do that on the Apple Podcast app, Podchaser, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, or wherever you find your podcasts. Um, it, we think it helps people find us, so go and try it and see what happens. All right. We're going to start out and, with our you know, main... A bunch of new people are listening to us. I know. So I just want to say a bunch of new people are listening to us. So tell us what you think. We love yeah. that you're listening. We want to know. And following we on Twitter, like people on Twitter who I yeah. can't figure, I don't know who they are. And Justin doesn't know who they are. So tweet at us. Don't, you know, retweeting is awesome. And we really, know. really appreciate it. But talk to us. We, we would love that. Connection. We would think it would be so cool. Okay. Totally. Um, you want to go into our main topic, though? Because we do that sure. first now. Um, yeah. Shall I do a little <laughs> spiel first? Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, Netflix has just dropped, I assume, what was presumably originally a theatrical uh, planned adaptation oh, yeah. of The Witches, uh, Roald Dahl's uh, short, short short novel, short story. It's actually know, pretty long. I have, a copy of, I have a copy of it in my office. It's long for a Roald Dahl novel. I have actually not read this book, <gasps> so that's my first um, thing that I will say. Uh, it, there was an earlier 1990 film, 1990 film by Nicholas Rogue, uh, with a super iconic performance from Angelica Houston and a bunch of, um, kind of hoopty, but adorable Jim Henson Muppets. Uh, this new version stars Anne Hathaway in the Angelica Houston role, Octavia Spencer in the kindly grandma role, uh, Stanley Tucci, Chris Chenoweth, uh, some cute-ish kids, and Chris Rock doing some narrator duties. Uh, it was produced by Robert Zemeckis. Producers include um, Alfonso Cuaron and um, Del Toro. What's his first name? Why am I blanking? Gome- Guillermo? Yeah, Guillermo Del Toro. Yes, I just when you read your notes and then you forget the things <laughs> Yeah. What did you think of this new adaptation of the uh, Halloween sort of appropriate The Witches? Appropriate or appropriating (laughs) or (laughs) I really hated this. Just I I can't even say, oh, it just wasn't for me. I hated this. I hated what Zemeckis did here. I thought he made a completely anemic version of a really good and sort of like gritty story and destroyed everything that was interesting and a little dark about the Angelica Houston version. I, I, yeah, my notes are things like, oh, so this is as willing as you, this is as willing as Anne Hathaway was to be ugly, quote unquote, like when they show her in the, the mirror and she sort of has mottled skin no angelica houston like went right. bald and hideous and you know they jim hensoned her up and she was great and she like 
totally embraced that bit of it. Instead, everything that they did to Anne Hathaway was just CGI'd and stupid. And my first thought was, why does she have a Glasgow grin? Oh, that's why. Thanks. I hate it. I don't, she didn't have to, it turned into like that weird, horrible CGI Cheshire cat thing. I, when she talked, I, I hated it so much. The fat jokes about the, the fat British kid. And even when he turned into a mouse, I, uh, it was anemic. It was basic and it was dumb. I have further issues, but let's see what you thought, Justin. And then we can banter back and forth. Yeah, um, I guess we're just going to go spoilers. It's an old book and already been remade. So we're just going to go spoilers here. We're not going to worry too much about that. So if you do not care about, or if you rather, if you do care about uh, the witch's spoilers, please uh, bail out now one, um, you know, Cheshire Cat Grin, Glasgow Grin, two Cheshire Cats, three uh, bad CGI mice. Um, mm. All right. So we're getting into it. Um, yeah. Okay. I didn't really like it either. I thought it was started okay. And in a weird way, I, so I went and watched the trailer. I haven't seen the Nicholas Rogue movie in a long time. So I went and watched the trailer for it just to kind of remind me. I have fond memories of that movie. Uh, I was, you know, just graduating from high school. It was dark and gothy in that right way. And like you said, that Angelica Houston makeup was kind of, it was kind of scary. It did have a little like teeth to it. I think we maybe yeah. talked about that film on this podcast way back when. Um, and it's resetting it in a sort of, you know, new context with black sort of uh, protagonists uh, with Octavia Spencer and, um, you know, this kind of cute kid who loses his parents in the beginning. Kind of an interesting idea. I wasn't having a problem with that in theory. It just very quickly became all about poor execution. It made me uncomfortable. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll get to that. Um, I, Chris Rock opens this movie with a lot of narration it is really awkward <laughs> it just yeah. that chris rock is not great i mean i know that it, people like that show everybody loves chris and i think that's probably why they cast him in this was that he's good at theoretically oh, sure, doing yeah. this sort of thing and they wanted to bring back those memories this just did not work because mostly you imagine chris rock being like I don't believe in fucking witches. I have like, you know, um, uh, Kellyanne Conway. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a very Chris Rock kind of joke. Right. But I don't think he would be scared about witches. And it's, he's not the right person to sort of be narrating this. It just did not work at all. And then as this thing went on, it just, I mean, the fat jokes, you're 100% right, were terrible and weird. I thought all of the casting was weird, right down to Kristen Chenoweth is this Even, older yeah. mouse not working at all like why is she older like is she i mean older? she wasn't supposed to be older she was just supposed to have been a mouse for a couple of months she was still supposed to be a kid which didn't play with her narration at all yeah, it didn't you know? play at all because you have no. these two kids i mean nothing about the beats of this thing work at all it is kind of sort of tacky looking and sort of cheap looking I, you know as much as i I wanted to go back and be like, okay, well, maybe this is a good update for kids who would never tolerate the Jim Henson Muppets. I don't know. The trade-off is just not quite worth it to me because the, the CGI just didn't really add anything special and the plot really didn't work. I will say 
that I think maybe there's some problems with the original kind of text that I hadn't noticed when I saw this in 1990. I think these are Roald Dahl problems. He, as I have learned recently, was a notorious anti-Semite. Um, he, I mean, I've, I've got some quotes that I kind of researched about uh, what he has said about Jews. And even though he fought in World War II, like he, it's, it's bad stuff. Uh, he also had the quote, all witches are women. Uh, and he talked about men being ghouls and whatever, but you know, witches yeah. are the worst and they're women. Um, there's also a lot of the beauty equaling virtue, which I think is maybe played up in the adaptations more, but I think comes up in sort of a lot of the doll work. Um, he's problematic and we just got to face that. So all of this leads to me I, feeling like, why the fuck do we even need a remake of this? <laughs> I get that. I am going to, I have to tell you, I have been a raw doll person for many, many years. I've seen a lot of, uh, no punches pulled uh, biographies. I've read his autobiographies. I've seen movie documentaries and I'm not saying that he's not problematic, but he's not nearly as problematic as you are, as what you're just laying out there. Um, he, there was a lot of stuff that happened in, in his life. And I'm not saying he didn't say some regrettable things, but he was, he, he's not nearly what you're making him out to be. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Uh, I'd like to hear then how you defend the anti-Semitism. I'm, I'm not that. saying that. There, well, like, I I'm not saying that it wasn't problematic. I am saying it is in what you know that some of the things that he said were was of his time. He also you know there were many many things that were going on in his life that may have colored what was happening. I'm not saying that he was that he did not say some problematic anti-Semitic things. I don't know that they that. You know, I don't know that he would still feel that way today, and I don't know that he didn't do a lot of a lot of other things that were for good. I'm not saying this is the same thing as Dr. Seuss. I'm not going to throw Dr. Seuss out either. I'm not going to say he was a great guy and let's have a Dr. Seuss day. I'm not going to say let's have a Roald Dahl day, but I'm not going to say that he was that he's not worth it. I'm just not. I'm not going to say Seuss wasn't worth it, and I'm not going to say Dahl's not worth it. It's interesting because I feel like you're sometimes more inclined to toss out an artist's whole cloth because of these things. And I do think personally, modern, yeah, the things I'm trying to find the right quote right now about what he said. Um, okay. And I will absolutely, if somebody had said this yesterday, I will absolutely say throw them out. Modern things, right. absolutely. But the man is dead and he can't defend himself. <laughs> So this is a, a quote that he gave the New Statesman, and I'm not sure exactly what year, but I'll find out. I just want to read this. There is a trait in the Jewish character that does provoke animosity. Maybe it's a kind of lack of generosity toward non-Jews. I mean, there's always a reason why anti-anything crops up anywhere. Even a stinker like Hitler didn't just pick up on them for no reason. I mean, if you and I were in line moving towards what we knew were gas chambers, I'd rather have a go at taking one of the guards with me, but the Jews were always submissive. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I'm not, Justin, I'm not saying it's not bad. Yeah. I'm just saying that you also have to look at the work he did for, you know, uh, get four vaccinations, what he did when Patricia O'Neill had a stroke and raised her, the things he did for his children and for children all over the world. And I'm not saying he didn't have some problematic views. I am saying that he didn't have them yesterday. 
and that he yeah. he was a damaged man who had chronic pain issues and had a really really fucked up life and he had some fucked up views and i'm not saying we don't talk about that same way i'm not saying we don't talk about seuss but i'm not gonna write him off i'm just not and and if he'd said yeah. them yesterday yeah. yeah absolutely and i'm willing to throw people out whole cloth that are modern now saying those things but i'm not i you have we have to much like you have to look at art as it was then and you know making like okay there's a difference between game of thrones thrones pretending like the 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 rape and the the nudity that they're doing is you know of the time and that's the way people behaved back then when first off it can't be of the time because it's a fucking fantasy show. And secondly, you're making it in 19 in 2020, not in 1968. There's a difference between pretending like what you're doing is of a time or how or how it was back then and actually say, you know, taking these sure. things. And I, I I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm sure not saying it's OK, I, but. Yeah. And I'm, not, I'm and look, you know me. I'm playing devil's advocate. Partly I know you are, but I, I, yeah, I don't think we can always kind of, you know, as much as I want to separate the art from the artist, we can sometimes, and we can other times, and it just sort of depends on on where it strikes us and what hits our. So, cards. are you willing to let Seuss go? How do you feel about Seuss? Um, I mean, great art, absolutely. But okay, but I are you going to throw him out the same way you're going to throw out Doll? I'm not throwing it all out, but I'm saying we should also not not talk about it. So I'm not saying don't talk about it, but what yeah. you said was earlier was pretty. And, and well, I'll say <laughs> and I'll say what what is it sort of shown in the work we're talking about, and I feel it in this work, and I I didn't in 1990, but the giant nosed money obsessed like witches like really read as like Jewish stereotypes. Have, have you read the novel? Do, do they say that? I, I don't know. I'll have to read it. I'll have to go back and look, but I don't remember yeah. they're saying that. Yeah. That's not to say that Quentin Bla Blake didn't draw them that way, but I don't remember that description. I will look tomorrow from my office and tweet out the answer. If you're right, that's what it says. Yes, I'm not saying it's not problematic, but I'm also not going to say Roald Dahl was, was not worth the art that he gave out. Right. So... <laughs> All right. Um, Wait, back there. to the movie itself. <laughs> yes. the, the, the text in front of us. Uh, it's gaudy. It's terrible. Um, the fact that it was supposedly produced by Coran and Del Toro is shocking to me. Because right? <laughs> no, like, mystery. It has no gothic anything. Um, it has no it, subtlety. Yeah, there's no subtlety. The pacing is terrible. Um it sort of starts to build and then it just ends oddly. So I know you had some, some problems with the ending. So do you want to talk, talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Now they changed the ending. Now what, one thing that I liked about the novel and the original movie was that they thought that the kids were going to have to stay mice and the grandmother was fine with that. And she took the mouse home, but then it turned out that one of the witches had turned on the grand high witch. And so she showed up at the, the little boy's house with the grandmother and she turned him human and then said, I'm going to go find the other ones and turn them human. And I'll, and here's a map that shows you where all the witches are. So go turn them all into mice. 
So she was like the good witch that showed up. And uh, I liked the fact that it was willing to say, oh, you know, you're, you're probably going to be a mouse, you know, <laughs> and grandma was okay with that. Um, and I want to say, oh, it was kind of brave that in this, they made the mice stay mice. The children stayed mice, but I, I didn't like it. I, it was uncomfortable. It turned into the, like they were trying to make some message I felt like, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And it really, really made me uncomfortable when the little boy in the rat, in the mouse's body asks his grandmother, how long do mice live? And she's like, well, you'll probably live to be like nine. Cause she said, you know, the average mouse is like three years. You've got probably three times that. And he said, Oh good. Cause I don't want anybody else to take care of me. Um, Ick. That was insanely <laughs> dark, beamed in from like a weird other movie. I was I, just like, I what? Because the rest was, of the movie was so benign. It was so, so strange. I, it did not fit. If they had made a movie that that fit in and was like darker and had more to say, I maybe I would have liked it, but I just, oh. This was in the same movie that had a CGI rat like bite Stanley Tucci on the balls. <laughs> And like, I, yeah, I really didn't like this. Um, so should we get to our ratings? I feel yeah. like we've earned it. We've gotten there. Um, yeah. On our rating scale of um, uh, incredible, I'm going to go backwards this week. Incredible. <laughs> nice. Not for, oh, so somewhere in there is necessary viewing. Not for me. And next, what do you give this? Yeah, that's a big old mix. <laughs> Don't watch this movie. If you know, read the book. If you know Justin hasn't turned you off of Raw Doll, watch the original movie with fucking Angelica Houston being awesome and like weird direction and wonderful fucked up falling apart Muppets. Watch that. Don't watch this. Mix this. This I is agree. terrible. Totally, total mix. <laughs> and I and I think the final thing I'll say about that is like it. It, it at least sometimes when you have these things of these old texts that are maybe problematic, at least Rogue sort of dwelt in the ugliness of it and didn't sort of sugarcoat it. This is a sugarcoated <laughs> version of something. Um, you know, except for the except for Grandma, I'm only going to live to be nine, right. so that we can die together. Except for dead, yeah, grandchildren. And um, when that happens, Grandma should say, "Oh no, honey, you want to grow up and live more." <laughs> Just what a I, I'm floored. I'm sorry. I can't get over that. I do have <sighs> to give it up, as always, Octavia Spencer and also Stanley Tucci, yeah. but just like doing the work, both of them just showing up and just being like, I'm Absolutely. doing the best I can. <laughs> they were doing, they, I was sad for them, but also, I mean, Tucci made me laugh. I do love him. I don't understand why he's attractive, but he's great. Yeah, Tucci's totally. great. Octavia Spencer is. I I want nothing more in the world than to let her give me a hug and tell me everything's going to be okay. Yeah, and give her maybe give her better roles. Yeah. Um, yeah, but she's doing so much producing. She's choosing these roles. She, cho she chose to make mom. She's she that chose money. To, she's I, just like doing it. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Did you see? Okay. <laughs> Charming article she wrote today that um not today she wrote a she gave a, an interview where um apparently when she had first moved from God, i think it was alabama but i'm not 100 on that and uh she 
she was driving to, to an audition and her car stalled and her car was filthy. And it was, I guess it was close to the, the studio because lots of different actors and people were passing her by and didn't want to touch the car because it was hideously filthy. And uh, a motorcycle pulled up with uh, so the young man with a helmet and cute little goggles on and he took off his goggles and he said, can I help you? And it was Keanu Reeves. And she was like, oh, no, you she got she was like, oh, thank you so much. Get in. Get in and I'll push. And he said, no, 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 because she didn't want him to have to touch her filthy car. (laughs) And so he he, he's like, no, I'm going to push. And he got her started again. And so she's all she says, I go to every single one of his movies on opening night because he's the best guy in the world. And she just had a birthday and a whole bunch of stars in quarantine made her videos and he made her one. And she said, I cried like a baby because, you know. I, I, when we pass, we say hi. But the most Fanny of Fanny stories ever. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, I imagine when you go to whatever afterlife of your chosen, beat, like sort of thinking, it will be, um, yeah, Keanu yeah. Reeves and Octavia Spencer. Yeah, they'll be you. waiting for me, <laughs> much like, uh, much like um, <laughs> John Ritter was waiting for my aunt Fern. It it will be Keanu. There's. There's no question. If he goes first, nice. and I hope he does not, I will be waiting right. for Keanu. <laughs> yeah. Neasy Nash might be in there too. If I oh, yeah, definitely. And these, um, you know, and I love Keanu. I'm not saying I don't find him attractive or anything like that. I just love him in such a way that I just want to be friends with him like I'm friends with you. You know, I just feel like he's such a good totally. person. <laughs> okay. So that totally. was The Witches and Octavia Spencer and Way Oversharing. Um, let's move on to Skip we did it. what you saw there. Um, right, which I wrote wrong in the notes again. Um, we did what you saw there. I saw, which I know you many of you did, Borat to subsequent movie, film, whatever, long, over lengthy cerebral joke on Amazon Prime. Uh, oh, let's say about this movie. Um, I appreciate... Sasha Baron Cohen. I do. I think he's funny. I think he's smart. I think he's sort of really changed comedy in some interesting ways. And I really liked the first Borat. I liked Bruno. Um, I thought a lot of Ali G was funny. I think he's a prankster in the best sort of possible subversive way of, of taking kind of this found footage and getting ahead of this like fake news thing. Like he is sort of very prescient in the way that he thinks about comedy. Um, I don't care for him so much whenever he's out of those roles. I don't think he's a great serious actor. Sorry, everybody. And he can't sing. So, and he you know. can't sing well. Um, but I love, I love the first Borat. I think that Bruno is very funny. Um, this is, it's not terrible. It's not unwatchable. It's like, I, I don't know. I'm going to give my rating straight up. I think this is a not for me. I think if you really like him and you really dig what he does, that this will, uh, continue to tickle you in very familiar ways. It's like when somebody tickles you in the one spot they know that really gets you and you're like, oh, you got me. Oh, you know my spot. You got me. Oh, you're really <laughs> going for that spot. Um, that's how his comedy feels. Um, it is ju- this this one feels much more scripted. It feels like people were really in on it and knew what was happening. Um, it just 
I don't know. It just didn't land in the right way. It felt a little like the Michael Moore version of, uh, you know, Borat, sort of an election October surprise, which sort of felt more <laughs> like a Sasha Baron Cohen, like, you know, stunt than anything really meaningful. Um, the, the footage of Rudy Giuliani is crazy, but also sort of very vague in a lot of ways. Um, I, I don't know. There's a lot that sort of rubbed me the wrong way about this movie. Um, I, I tweeted this earlier, but there's a whole thing that's in the news right now about how he basically uh, cast this woman who was in a church. They put out this very vague documentary call. She's dealing with his daughter, who's a character in the movie, who is basically being sold to Mike Pence. Sorry, spoilers for Borat too, just whatever. <laughs> um, and she becomes the sort of uh, voice of reason in the way of like, wow, that's crazy. No, you're beautiful the way you are. No, you seem smart and you should take care of yourself. Aww. And you're watching this movie and you think like, oh, if this is real, this is a lovely, naive, very sweet woman who's clearly never seen. Well, I don't know, but she doesn't deal with him and like with a Cohen himself. So she wouldn't even recognize him. This is like a new actor that they have playing his daughter. So I sort of get how it could have been a prank, but at the same time, it does and she's come out since then and sort of said i feel betrayed and sort of feel like this is i was taken advantage of and i was just trying to be a good person and i don't know it just makes me feel a little weird i mean I, the thing i tweeted was i felt like he basically you know paid this woman three thousand dollars which is what she said for being his sort of magical black wise character in the script and uh i kind of nix that i'm gonna nix that concept that's fair that's, fucked up and weird and very problematic the movie not for me i'm just tired of a shtick he needs to move on to new things or um, not just or, take yeah. a break or take a break <laughs> i got something new to talk about that i liked Yay! over the moon netflix this is a movie that is not getting great reviews i saw the preview for this a while ago um i don't know a ton about the producers behind it i know it's not the usual kind of studio system but i remember seeing the preview for this and thinking this looks like a different kind of animated movie um it's about a young asian woman who is uh basically uh without giving too much spoilers it happens very early in the movie she's grieving the loss of her mother her father is trying to move on and make the best of their life um she's a smart kind of rocket person um she's sort of like i'm gonna figure out how to make a rocket and get off the planet and she has like the most cute subplot of this she has a very younger uh stepbrother who is super eager to be her new brother and she's not into it and yet he's adorable and he's also a ping pong master which as you watch it of course you're like we're ping pong's gonna come in at some point um they go to the moon it turns into a total crazy uh i don't know how far you've gotten in steven universe fanny but this is like Pretty very far. trippy like bizarro version of life on the moon with like musical numbers and I really liked this movie. I thought it was very sweet, very creative. I've complained on this podcast before about the Pixar house style. This movie completely throws that out the window. Um, I thought the voice acting was great. I thought the songs were kind of nice in a very sort of, you know, kind of Broadway classic 90s uh, Disney way. Um, I, I don't know. I like this. I like this way more than I thought after reading the reviews and i had been excited to see it so it's like nice when something surprises you if you have kids and you're just kind of dealing with 
all of that right now. Dealing with kids? Yeah. (laughs) Watch this movie. I guarantee you they will be captivated. They're cute, weird creatures on the moon. They're great sibling storylines. There's, um, you know, a a sort of main protagonist that we don't kind of see in these movies all the time. And there's pretty fun songs. I got some, like, good Frozen vibes. Like, oh, this, this is like a good version of Frozen. Oh, nice. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. I give it a solid nice. Um, the Connors is back on ABC and I watch it on Fanny's Hulu account. Um, I no, you do not. You have your own Hulu account that you pay your own money for. Jesus, Justin. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Sorry, Hulu, please sponsor us. Um, so this show is back. I didn't know it was back. An ad popped up in my feed the other day and I was like, what? The Connors is back. Um, that's crazy. How did they make this? They've been making this in quarantine, and this show is tackling uh, COVID and the pandemic in the most direct way I've ever seen. Uh, Dan Connor has long hair. Um, everybody is looking schlumpy as fuck. Uh, <laughs> this is basically about them trying to survive the pandemic, uh, especially financially, the restaurant that nice. they just opened. Um it is depressing. It is hard to watch, um, but it is true to the spirit of Roseanne, the show, uh, which is something I have always really admired for not really totally. ever backing down at looking at kind of what's happening. I know, um, I think Blackish is one of the few other shows. I was just about, I was going to, I was going to type in our doc so that you saw it. We watched Blackish and they were also filming pandemic wise and it was really interesting to see how they were doing it and yeah. how they were tackling it and they did an the animated episode to oh wow just... oh cool mm-hmm. yeah. nice i mean it it can be awkward it can be uncomfortable um i hope it's not dangerous like the connors i'm a little like how did you do this but i super appreciate if you're going to be making art right now if you're going to be taking a risk trying to make it matter i really love this show i yes. think um the cast is brilliant i really feel like everybody's very much coming into their own as it goes on. Um, I can't say. I will watch this. I'm going to, I'm going to take this in. I will watch this. And I suddenly in the last couple of weeks, I I think it, there was an ad where um, Laurie Metcalf says, and I had this boss and he looked just like George Clooney and (laughs) it made me so nostalgic for the old show. So I feel like I want to go back and watch the old show and, and just, have some good feelings and i will i i will watch this season of this show i will i really oh and the other people that Um, are doing um quarantine are uh ufc so fight island oh nice okay (laughs) that's a whole you know that's a whole theme we could do here is like yeah um shows that are actually dealing with uh, the reality of of life during the plague um i also wanted to shout out something you mentioned last week over the garden wall hbo max i watched the show it is brilliant um i gotta give it it's borderline nice incredible i mean i gotta say <laughs> i loved it it is so strange uh I, I what i don't think you mentioned is that one of the writers was a the creator basically was a uh showrunner you know executive producer or whatever on adventure time because i would know that <laughs> yeah it has adventure time in its bones it is weird it is strange it is charming and yet terrifying it was bizarrely scary um i really love the show it's great you were totally right um i have a question yes okay you you give it a borderline um incredible but what do you give greg 
Oh, Greg is <laughs> incredible. I mean, all, all the voice acting, and that's one of the things I love about it, and it made me think about why I love Adventure Time, is that it has, like, Elijah Wood doing the main character, and um, Christopher Lloyd, but all, and then, but I think the kid who plays Greg, the younger brother, it's a younger person. It is. And it all blends together in this perfect way. So you kind of just get lost in it. I mean, this thing is... For anybody out there who's skeptical about animation but is a theater snob, very niche here, I know. Robert <laughs> Wilson, Tom Waits, like, this is weird. I cannot believe this got produced sort of animation. Um, I mean, the, the murder of Sachs guy who may, it's it's so good and so compelling and every episode has a little hook. Um, I really like the show. I, I made screenshots of our conversation so that I can send it to Mitch and Layla because it was so sweet how much you loved it and our oh my god I, it's so good I loved and it I I also texted you like I want more <laughs> which I know is crazy yeah. and you were like I think they told their story and I, I appreciate that but I also just this was please but make another story yeah I, I really like this um, and I think it ties in a little bit to what you were saying about over the moon about uh you know because those brothers are not full brothers um right so yeah that idea of a sibling that you didn't necessarily want but you are responsible for and you come to love um totally yeah so good i, I, <laughs> I love loved it so story. much it's, yep. yeah totally thanks for the tip um yeah. ghosts uh bbc on hbo max this is a show that uh, I just I realized a second season is coming out soon, and so I was like, "What is that?" And I was reading about it. It's a very silly kind of faulty tower show about a young hipstery couple that inherits a mansion and all the ghosts that live in it. And it is not hilarious, but it's sort of sweet and funny. It's like a good episode of what we did in the shadows, except with ghosts instead of vampires. I like the show. Um, I will. This is kind of show I'll put on in the background. Um, when I am like, eh, it's a being human. This is what I got. It's a total being human. It's like BBC, many of those shows. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to watch the season before I get of a rating, but I'll move on for now. Um, I am reading Luck in the Shadows, the first book of the Night Runner series by Lynn. How do you say this name? Fluelling? Do you have any advice? Good luck any? with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you call it good luck with that. <laughs> Uh, this is apparently a seven book series. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> is it YA? I don't know. Um, it was published in the late 90s. Uh, it, the reason I sort of landed on it was it's uh, about a queer um, sort of two male protagonists that fall in love. Um, there's a, a certain element of Oh, when the book starts, the the younger guy is like 16 and the, the guy's sort of fetishizing his pretty face. That's weird. I didn't really love that. Um, the story's good. The writing is good. Um, I kept reading it. I'm also now already starting the second book, so I'm clearly curious about it. It feels a little bit like what if the Hobbit with, you know, but gay. Um, so it, it kind of had me in its <laughs> kiss kiss it's it's so sam and frodo like finally like giving some lip some lip lock on the edge of the volcano ring whatever that was yeah Um, that's the thing you just said (laughs) you said that out loud i know what your fanfic is about now justin i mean there's a little yeah there's a little i'm like come on get older younger kids so i don't feel terrible about reading this um anyways 
Night Runners. Oh reason. wow! <laughs> I mean, she wrote it, not me. <laughs> yeah, but you're doing this. She no, wrote it. But, you're doing this about it. <laughs> the the problem is the older guy is older. That's my main problem. It's like it, if they had both been young and had explored this romance, but there's there's an age difference. That's the thing that's weird to me. Sorry. Anyways, moving on before this gets too You're good. What did you do that people You're saw? good. What did I do? What did I watch? What did you people see? I, in a desperate bid for It's October, give me something scary, just anything scary. I searched, I, I think, 10 articles about the best scary things on the internet. I mean, on the, you know, to watch right now. And everybody said session nine. I watched session nine on Netflix. It's nice. It's fine. One of the guys has a Scottish accent. It's, you know, Justin remembered it as found footage. It's not really. It's about these guys who are cleaning asbestos out of an old uh, uh, mental institution. And they get ghosts come and take them over and there's bloody stuff. And it's fine. It's on Netflix. If you kind of, it wasn't scary, but David Caruso's in it and he's, you know, hateable. So that's always fun because you want to punch him right in the face. It happened. I watched it. I wasn't sad. I watched it. No, you don't get to see his butt. That's NYPD yeah. blue. <laughs> okay. I said you don't have to see his butt. Oh, oh, I thought you said you get to see his butt. And I'm like, Justin, I we've already had one fight tonight. I'm not going there with you. <laughs> um, okay. On HBO, their big new prestige, David E. Kelly, Nicole Kidman, based on a book, Rich People Are Terrible, The Undoing, on HBO. Sit back, because I got thoughts. <laughs> First, the idea that Nicole Kidman and Lily Rabb are inti- intimidated by anybody's body is utterly laughable and completely unrealistic. I don't care how hot she is, and she's super, super hot. <laughs> the woman that they are all tired, uh, you know, intimidated by because she breastfeeds her son in front of them also Breasts are for breast breastfeeding, and they are not about sexual things when they are breastfeeding. So shut the fuck up, everyone. Moving on. <laughs> but wait, wait. I want to understand. Is there a scene where they see yes. somebody breastfeeding and yeah, go, she the, nice the, rack? the is that what you're the, yeah, pre- sort of the Shailene Woodley. I mean, the character of the younger scholarship student shows up at the meeting for the fundraiser. And she has a baby and she pulls out her beautiful breast and breastfeeds her child and everybody there gets uncomfortable. And then later, and Nicole Kidman is kind to this woman. And then later at their gym that they share, because for some reason, the impoverished woman probably goes to the same gym as Nicole Kidman, who has a fucking driver on retainer. Bullshit. Um, She shows up and she walks up completely naked and, of course, Nicole Kidman, who is, I don't know, five centimeters away from fucking perfect, is intimidated by her because she is not, she is half a centimeter away from perfect, is bullshit. Don't sell me that nonsense. Don't do it. Right. And on that note, can we please stop pitting women against each other like this? Can we stop making the incredibly hot woman the aggressive one? Oh, and then killing her for the, for the privilege. I, Stop using it as an excuse to show women naked and pretending that it's empowered. 
I'm not buying it, and it's fucking insulting. <laughs> okay, moving on from that problem, there's pithy dialogue. It's fine. It's somewhat funny. Hugh Grant's, I mean, Hugh Grant. Yeah, Hugh Grant says it in a British accent. I am so tired of pithy, ironic, rich people dialogue. Stop it. Uh, Hugh Grant found his niche. He plays a very good-looking, affable, but probably doing something wrong type of guy. He's good in this. Everybody's good in this. I don't give a shit. Kidman's boring. Kidman's always boring. I'm so proud that I have brought you to my side, by the way, Justin. Thank you for so, that. So there's a confession here for listeners. I, in talking briefly with Fanny about this, said... I don't care about the show because I think I'm tired of Kidman. <laughs> and Fanny was very happy. And yes. So she should be. Yes. She called it. <laughs> They've, they have a beautiful wig cop says the wig is beautiful, but it's like <laughs> this. They, it's the hair that they put on her is supposed to be reminiscent of like, you know, when she did that horrible thing where Tom Cruise did an Irish accent far and away. So just let her have her hair where she's an older woman. She's beautiful. Let her be. Stop it. Um, Lily Ray, as always, is the best thing in the whole fucking show. And when she's not in a scene, you want to know where she is. Why is there always a New Yorker named Suki? Why? Do you, have, you lived in New York. Have you ever met someone named Suki? Actually, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. But how many? Okay, so it is a New Yorker thing. Is this the new Bitsy? Is it the new Page? I don't understand why there's always a rich New Yorker named Suki. And you're Suki. Did you want to punch her in the face? Because I want to punch no. this Suki right in the face. <laughs> Sorry, Suki, who knows Justin. I'm sure you're a very nice person. <laughs> this is not good. And then the the beautiful girl with the with her beautiful boobs and her cute son and her adorable husband ends up dead. Prob it's in and then Nicole Kidman's husband Hugh Grant suddenly disappears, so probably he had something to do with it. Ooh, you know, it's all coming. Here's the thing though. I'm gonna keep watching this fucking thing because it's like uh. the Hunger Games in that every single chapter is gonna gonna end in a cliffhanger that makes you go, Oh, I wanna know what happened. I just gotta know. So I'm either going to go look at spoilers or I'm going to watch this goddamn thing and I'm not and I'm not happy about it and I'm incredibly angry and I nix it prematurely for doing this to me. I'll get back to you. I think David Kelly has done a better job of like like pivoting from just like trash to, you know, semi-trash to prestige tv like he is a master of tying the thread of like what is prestige and what is garbage so this is that's all this is garbage dressed in oh we're prestige clothing exactly this is a lifetime lane. fucking movie dressed up as look we got hugh grant and he's wearing a scarf yeah yeah um, it's, hugh it's grant's charming opera, as hell but yeah, yeah. I'm, mm, Lily Rabe, I hope you have a lot more scenes because I have to watch this fucking thing and at least I should get more Lily Rabe. And Suki, totally, I like her. you're fine. <laughs> okay, I watched The Lie. Speaking of things that I had said, oh, I'm kind of excited for in our preview. Go back and listen to our preview for the fall. This is on Amazon Prime. This stars Peter Skarsgård, Marielle Enos, and Joey King. Sit back. Okay. I have thoughts. 
my first thought was as I was watching it, okay, it's about these parents that are divorced and they have this kid and she's a ballerina and she is friends with this girl who's more beautiful than her and more popular than her. They pick that friend up. They take they're they're going to a ballet recital or camp or something. I don't know. And Joey King's character supposedly or Joey King's character kills this other character and the parents rally around to protect her. That is the premise of this movie. Tune out now if you don't want spoilers for the lie, because this is about to get ranty up in here. My first thought was, is this the Parent Trap Murder Island edition? Because I'm going to be really pissed and super disgusted. Because it was obvious that Joey <laughs> King liked it when her parents were like all happy again because, you know, her musician dad and her lawyer mom didn't get along until she killed someone and they had to carry, you know, had to cover it up together. These actors are better than this. Bloomhouse at its worst is better than this. Oh, and by the way, so they the, the lie builds and builds and builds, of course. And the mom who's a lawyer used to work for the for the cops, except now she's a defense attorney, so she has lots of money, and it builds and builds and builds until these two parents, they kill the father of the girl that Joey King supposedly killed. But guess what? She was never dead. It was a prank between the two girls. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, well, I was going to tell you, and I'm so sorry, except that then you guys were getting along. So it kind of was the Parent Trap Murder Island edition, except the parents did the murder, <laughs> not the girls. I have another question. Uh, your title sounds way better. I just would already just Parent Trap the Murder Island, Island edition? Yeah. yeah. TM. Nobody can have that. That's mine. I've never had a pool, but I've always heard that if you let water freeze in a pool, that it cracks your pool. Isn't that a thing? Have you heard that? Nah, I don't know. I've never had a pool or never wanted a pool. Well, so whatever. I, I have always heard that there's a frozen pool in this. It upset <laughs> me. I literally, Justin, I was watching this movie. I literally began hitting the 22nd button. Like I was skimming a stupid novel just to see how it ended. This was awful. I fucking nix you the lie. Do not watch this movie. Do not watch it. Don't. If there's then a frozen I, pool, does somebody jump off of a diving board into no. the frozen pool? Is that a plot No, plane? it's not even interesting oh, like that. Well, no, just Joey right. King is sitting there on Check the edge frozen pool if it's not showing her self-harm, her self-harm injuries to her dad, who is Peter Skarsgård, who is so fucking lucky that Maggie Gillianhall still loves him. It, it was, you know, kicking their, their feet over the side and like being daddy daughter were so cool. This is terrible. It's so bad. Okay. Um, Sunday night, uh, we had our Nicolas Cage night with my group of friends that does Nicolas Cage movies. The randomizer brought us to Snowden. Ooh. Nicolas Cage was in Snowden. Did you know that? Also, fuck you, Oliver Stone. <laughs> I, I, I mean, at this point, I, I think of Nicolas Cage and Oliver Stone in the same breath, so... Yeah, I, I kind of get that. That's fair. That's I hate a lot of them in the same way. I have some affection for Nicolas Cage, but I have no affection for, for Oliver Stone. <laughs> but yeah, I get what you're saying. Okay, first off, wig cop. Whatever they put on Shailene Woodley's head, it might as well have been a dead <laughs> raccoon. Okay, I have no idea why they decided to do this, why they needed to do this. 
it was the worst worst wig I have seen in probably five years. It was so fucking bad. And then when great. when they didn't have a wig on her, they put this like red knit hat on her. And as Mitch pointed out, they would like they couldn't even edit it. Like it would move up and down her forehead in the scenes when they tried to cut it together. <laughs> and then. There were scenes where she just had the bad wig, but the red hat was gone, except that there were photographs of her and the red hat in the background. This movie was not good. As you can tell, these are the things I'm talking about when this is a movie about Ed Snowden and discovering all the things that the NSA was doing and whistleblowing and Russia and all of this shit. Except this was a terrible movie directed by Oliver Stone half written by Oliver Stone. So it was a misogynistic piece of shit that I did not enjoy at all. Oliver Stone. I'm going to bet that Edward Stone's girlfriend, whose name I can't even remember because it wasn't mentioned that often played by Shailene Woodley in the terrible, like raccoon wig. She was a photographer. We only ever saw her having sex completely naked giving a pole dancing class and editing all of her naked portraits because she was a photographer. My guess is you misogynistic asshole that this woman did other things than that. I looked it up. Her name is Leslie Mills. I I need to give her her due because Oliver Stone did not. (laughs) Nix, Nix, Nix. Don't watch this movie. On that is all I saw on the plus note. Yes. On the plus note. Rainbow Rowell, I love you, I love you, I love you. Please, everyone, go read Rainbow Rowell's books. She's wonderful. She is also, as we have talked about many times on this program, she is doing the new run of The Runaways for Marvel. And uh, it had taken a long vacation, and people thought, oh, no, maybe it's maybe it's done. It is not done. The new arc has started, and I'm very excited. Uh, in So go to your comicsology. You can find yourselves some new runaway runaways. Uh, uh, It just downloaded today. I have not read either of these, but also Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I have had a subscription to on Comicsology for I don't know three years now. There has not been a new new issue ever. A standalone about the creepy teacher has dropped. I'm very excited for this. Aside from these books, which I hope will bring me joy, I hate everything. Except for this is, I what don't we call this week when we talked about planning, we, we, we um, called it a very the, special, uh, a, a very special haters, haters. very yes. special haters week. Pre-election, if we've seemed a little ranty, a little drunk, you know why. So just do you want to know what I don't hate? I well, don't who, hate what? John Cusack. Oh, <laughs> I don't hate what? John Cusack. Topic alert! <laughs> Yay! Woo-hoo. Tell us about our new topic. <laughs> our new topic. We're gonna do. Um, I I am probably going to do more actors. Justin will do more. I don't know. You can do music people. You can nice. do directors, things like that. Um, and I think that we should kind of assign them back and forth to each other. So oh. I'm going to start because it's my idea. I'm going to start with John Cusack, who uh, I love. And if you check his Twitter feed, is a good guy. <laughs> Has some problem with some punctuation, but is a good guy. <laughs> so we're going to do five <laughs> essentials I mean, that... Yeah, we're going to do five essentials that, like, you know, you've probably heard about if you just really want to take a sampling of what these people are good at. These are their five essentials. And then we're going to try and do 
Puck's going to do five deep dives. Um, and then I'm going to assign right. Justin. Yeah. Come here. And then I'm going to assign Justin a director um, for next week. I love it. Um, okay. I love whenever we get to our deep dives about people that we really care about, Puck is always super animated. That seems she's, to be she's very into it. She's very excited. Okay. John Cusack, so essential. Talk about why you love him. First of all, just like just give a general. Uh, I'm going to challenge you on this right now. Okay, like, John Cusack has been in my life. Come here, Puck. Since <laughs> I don't know, since I was 10 or 11 years old, movies that my mother took me to that I, she probably shouldn't have, like Class with Rob Lowe, right. about a, a guy who sleeps with an older woman. I think I was 12. I think. Um, John Cusack is in that. Uh, 16 Candles, John Cusack is in that. He's just kind of always oh, been there. Huh. He was a theater kid. He loves the right things. He makes blockbuster movies so that he can make low-budget movies. He's he's very smart, but also sort of dumb. <laughs> this is a punctu- This is like the punctuation thing. I feel you like... You mean as a character, he's dumb. Yeah. Like, he just... <laughs> He kind of doesn't care to put on a Hollywood coat, you know? I feel like I could sit and have a drink with him and he would be my friend. And I, I just, I really like him. I like him very much the way I like Keanu. I love Keanu more, but I like John Cusack in the same way. And he's always been in movies that topped my list of favorites. So on that note, uh, Better Off Dead. If you people have not seen Better Off Dead, you need to go watch this immediately. It is this incredibly strange, surreal film about a kid that may be suicidal because his girlfriend... Puck! Come here. Because his girlfriend left him for a guy who skied better than him. And then a French student moves in. It has animations. It's it's so weird and wonderful and quotable. And for a long time, I don't even know if it streams today, but for a long time, it didn't stream for an extra long time. John Cusack wouldn't even talk about it. He's only just recently begun signing posters for it because he didn't like the way it was edited. Um, But this is a brilliant film. It's a classic. Please watch it immediately. Um, If you have ever made a joke about holding a, uh, boom box over your head to, to woo a person that is because of say anything which my dog is trying to do um this is one of the original rom-coms a very early movie it has the whole monologue about i don't want to sell anything i don't want to buy anything uh, <laughs> it's just wonderful about a outcast boy who falls in love with a girl and will do anything say anything to get her um I, I, i'm going Cameron a little Crow weird is good as i like to call it yeah exactly i'm gonna go a little weird here i'm gonna go with con air which is a Nicolas cage movie um but also just Fun really st- stupid fun there's a bunny Nicolas Cage plays the guy that probably know. I mean, uh, John Cusack plays the guy that probably knows that John that Nicolas Cage ain't that bad, and so he sort of helps him. He's like the government man. He's good. I love Conair. It's just a lot of fun. 
uh, on the indie. For years, Look I used up. to feel guilty for liking that. Why? For, I used to sort of feel guilty because I liked that movie because I thought it was a Michael Bay movie. It's not. It's no, Simon it's West. not. So I you don't feel my- guilty at all. <laughs> Yay. You want my favorite thing, thing about Con Air? Um, my sister's husband loves Nicolas Cage and loves Con Air. And one year for Halloween, he went as Nicolas Cage from Con Air and he cut out uh, uh, construction paper strips of hair <laughs> that he wore to be <laughs> Nicolas Cage in Con Air. And he carried around a bunny. So, Chris, we love you. <laughs> um, you want to flip over to Indy and Weirdness, you got to watch Being John Malkovich. I don't have much else to say about that, except it's one of those that it's kind of a must-see if you ever liked any sort of independent film. Do it. Watch it. It's fine. I would it's say I feel like good. that's his best crazy, like, somebody Agreed. understanding um, Cusack in a, in a way and casting him perfectly, and he's so good in yep. it. Like, it's sort of yep. like, I, to me, it's the most iconic. I, I, I totally Despite agree. Despite being John Malkovich. <laughs> right. Uh, for a grown-up romantic comedy and also some beautiful singing by Jack Black, check out High Fidelity. Um, it's based on a novel that's also super worth checking out. Um, just a really good movie about what it's like to feel like you've lost in love. <laughs> and listening, which we do here right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and mixtape making. It's it's wonderful. Right. Okay, I'm going in my deep dives. I have uh, Gross Point Blank, where which is also a romantic comedy about a hitman going to his high school reunion. Good Trust one. me, it's that a weird one. one. It's good. I really liked it. Pushing Tin, which is about air traffic controllers with uh, Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie as uh, supporting cast it's the movie that those two met in trust me it is really good i believe it also has cape Blanchett in it that's the thing that happened never seen this movie should i try this movie i guess i'll try this movie try it try this movie movie. (laughs) um as a bay area girl supporting another bay area girl annette benning the grifters also angelica houston that movie's awesome it's so good it's based on a jim thompson novel which is also worth checking out it's about a bunch of really fucked up grifters imagine that 1988 brought us uh tim robbins and john kuzak in tape heads please please watch this movie (laughs) i i'm i'm just gonna say just go watch the movie i'm not gonna tell you anything about it just go watch tape heads it's a deep dive trust me do it find it watch it Young adult, even middle grade uh, movie called The Journey of Natty Gan with Meredith Salinger, who grew up to uh, marry Peyton um, Oswald. This is a movie about an orphaned oh, wow. kid. Yes, about an orphaned kid and a dog making their way across the country on a train to try and find their way. John Cusack is sort of like an, a slightly older drifter that she may or may not you know, like have a little crush on it certainly sparked some feelings in me when I saw it, when I first saw it, when I, when I was, I don't know, 10, maybe. Um, it's a delightful film. It's a sweet film. It, it is middle grade. Check out uh, the journey of Natty Gan. I believe it is on Disney plus because it is a Disney movie. Um, very, very good. I, I want to talk to Lee Daniels about casting John Cusack as Richard Nixon. 
in the butler. <laughs> I, I don't know how that worked. I haven't seen it. I would like to have a conversation. Um, I am going to check out Grand Piano, which I have never watched, speaking of Elijah Wood. Uh, <laughs> and um, I've heard it's good. A thriller, Grand Piano. We're going to try that. So that's my, I'm going to try and see if I can watch that before next week and report back. And I have to give Here's one um, question about John. Yep. But no, before we do that, yeah, if there's, I, I want to ask a question about John Cusack. Is okay. he at risk of becoming the new Nicolas Cage? Absolutely not. First okay. off, he's better Fair looking enough. than Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Secondly, he's more talented than Nicolas Cage. Thirdly, he <laughs> can play a range of characters that Cage can't. Um, All right. All right. I, I, yeah. Now, do you have thoughts on 2012, which I believe was Cusack and not Cage? It is Cusack. I didn't see it. Okay. So. I just feel like in the last couple of years, he started to just crank him out. And again, no shame. Make that paycheck. Like, yep. But uh, yeah. 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 And I have to say that that I he was one of the things I really liked about Utopia. I really yes. thought he was having a great time and giving a good performance, nice. which I think is a very Cusack thing. I'm enjoying playing this weird whacked out character, but I'm doing it well. Right. So All right, I'm ready. For I'm going to give, assignment. okay. I'm going to give you a softball. Okay. If you, with a softball, if you thought Fanny's going to send me a softball director, who do you think I would give you? I don't know. Mike Lee. All right, that's too easy, but you're right. Sure, we'll do it's that. It's too easy. Um, it's a softball, but it's what I'm doing. We're starting with my favorite. We're going to start with our favorites. The yes. assignments are going to get less easy as this goes on. So Absolutely. Yeah. And then so you decide um, if who you want to give me after that. And I thought of a fun name for this segment while we were okay. talking about it. Who dat? Which is originally maybe the the name of this podcast. Nice. It was in the running. Um, so who dat is our, who dat? our new series. Um, all right. If you have thoughts about any of these things, what's your favorite John Cusack movie? Is he the new Nicolas Cage? Um, no. Have you watched um, Nicole Kidman being boring on that new HBO show that sounds like all the other ones? Uh, did Borat tickle you furiously in the right place or just, uh, you know? over and over again in the wrong place um, oh no <laughs> over the moon fun the connors fun or not let us know um and uh, ultimately the witches was it you know are we just old fuddy daddies looking nope. for nostalgia i don't think so but tell us if so um you can do that at uh the next podcast on twitter you can email us at the old-fashioned gmail motion to next at gmail we're on facebook at the next podcast i'm at justin hurtung on twitter and i'm at fanny v darling on twitter and we will talk to you soon bye post-election also uh everybody oh god tight. hopefully we will be in a new vote happier, slightly happier world. Go vote. We love you. (laughs) Bye.